Good morning, Gateway Church. How are you doing today? Morning. You guys are good. I'm going to try and warm you up because this morning, as we look at the Word, I want it to be an interactive service. I don't want you to sit here and to spectate. And so this morning, I'm going to encourage you together. We are going to declare some things. We are going to praise God for who He is together. And we are gonna, we're going to go on a journey. So I hope you guys are ready. Are you ready? Amen. You guys are ready today. Let's let's go ahead and bow our heads in prayer and uh, just go before the Lord. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for for who you are. And today, Father, as we we go and we take a look at who our heavenly Father is, and we look at these attributes, these things though about your character that you have revealed to us, God, I pray that you would speak to us, that your Holy Spirit quicken your word, and that our spirits will be alive this morning, God, and that we would not uh, sit here and have head knowledge, but God, it would go down into our hearts and affect the way we live, affect who we are. It would affect how we deal with our families. It would affect how we uh, move in the workplace, God, that you and your word would be the driving force to our life, God, and it would give us purpose, God, Lord, and we just ask that you anoint us today, anoint my mouth, and I pray that everything that is said and done here bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I am really excited to be here. Uh, my name is Pastor Pete. I am the youth pastor of the Gateway Church, filling in for our pastor. And uh, I'm just really excited that on Father's Day, I get to be here and bring the world word. And uh, I was here last Father's Day speaking, and I, maybe this could be a tradition. I don't know. Um, but uh, I wanna, I'm, I'm really excited. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 attributes of God, our Father. Okay, and I think it's, it's going to be really exciting, but I want to preface this before we dive in to talk about these 10 attributes. I want to know that we are not limiting God to these 10 attributes. In fact, uh, God is so big, and this topic is so big that we could spend the rest of our lives studying this topic. Uh, figuring out who God is. God is a creator. He is always creating. He was always moving. He is always doing things. And the, for the rest of our lives and even into eternity is going to be a continuation of his revelation of himself to us. We will never know it all. God will always have stuff that he could show us. And it's going to be amazing. And uh, this word, in fact, what we're going to be studying this morning, this is his revelation of himself to us. It is living. It is active, it's anointed, and uh, it is a guide to us. It is his revelation. It's a love letter this morning for us that's saying, I love you, my son, my daughter, and we're going to dive in today. And so, uh, in other words, what I'm trying to get at here is we're going to drink from a fire hose today. So hang on. I, I want you guys to take good notes this morning. Um, I want you to go home, and as uh, one of these attributes, one of these uh, characteristics of God, our Father, as, they, as it leaps in your heart, and as you sit here, ask God to reveal you more of himself to you. Go home this week and, and let the scriptures unfold. There is no way we could fit all of the scriptures that pertain to these things into one service, and the fact that I'm going to try and tackle 10 today is crazy. 10.30, I'm watching the clock. 
we're going to go, and it's going to be awesome. But uh, so do that. Take good notes and let God un- unravel himself, reveal himself to you this morning. And uh, I'm really excited. Um, you know, his word reveals him. Uh, God reveals himself as a three-part being, doesn't he? There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And this this concept of God being this three-part being, but yet one God is so incredibly complex that I don't think that anybody fully understands it completely. I don't think that. But what we can know for sure is that God reveals himself, and there are different parts of himself, and we relate differently to each part, but each part works in unison to the whole and is perfect. Amen. These parts are working together. Uh, and uh, our relationship with each part is just a little different for the Holy Spirit. He is our uh, counselor. He is our helper. He guides us. He anoints us. He helps us to do what God has called us to do. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is that where we need guidance. He will guide us and counsel us and help us in our walk. With Jesus, he is our Savior Amen. We are described as joint heirs with him, sharing in the good things that God has set aside for his son. And we get to share in that because we are clothed with his righteousness through his sacrifice. We are also described as the church as the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. This is an amazing illustration that God chose to describe our relationship with Jesus, that he exhibited selfless love and laid himself down for us. Isn't that awesome? Uh, pastor last week talking about marriage and in the family, he, he highlighted Ephesians 5.25, and, and he says that us as men, we are to love our wives. How? Just as Christ loves the church, and he gave his life up for her. So with our, our relationship with Jesus, is we are he's our Savior, we are joint heirs, and we are his bride, but... Our relationship with God the Father is a little different. We are not described, uh, he is not described to us as a helper. He is not described to us. We are not his bride. No, Jesus himself described God as the Father. Amen. God our Father. And Jesus said he only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he saw the Father say. And Jesus introduces us in Mark 14, verse 36. He introduces us to this phrase, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, Mark 14, 36. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about to give his life as a sacrifice for our sins, your sins. And uh, he cries out to God. He says, Abba, Father. He cried out, everything is possible for you. And then he asked, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will done, not mine. We see this phrase again in Romans 8, 15. It says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful, fl- fearful slaves. Instead, you received a spirit, God's spirit, when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. You see, God is our Father. That's how he reveals himself to us. And that term, that phrase, Abba, Father, um, the, 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 the word Abba is the Aramaic equivalent of Father. And so really that, that saying, Abba, Father, really is saying Father, Father. That's what it literally means. 
We're saying Father in, in Aramaic, and we're saying Father in English, or, you know, when it was written, it was written in Greek, we'd say Father, Father, and it's a, an expression of endearment. It's a new way of going before us. You see, Jesus modeled for us that when we go before the Father in petition, when we go before God, it is to go before him as God our Father, because that's what God reveals himself as. And it directly corresponds to the way we are taught to pray in the Lord's Prayer. What is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer? How does Jesus teach us how to pray? Our Father who art in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven. This is how we are to view our God. Jesus teaches this and models that for us. And today, the part of God that I want to focus on is God our Father. And I think it's only fitting today to study that on Father's Day because of all the ways he could have revealed himself. Out of all the different relationships he could have chosen to say, it's like this or it's like that. He chooses the Father to describe who he is. And I think it's an important question this morning that we ask ourselves, what is it about a father, the relationship of a father, that God would use that to illustrate how he loves and deals with us? That's an important question today I want to ask. Psalm 103, verses 13, it says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. What is it about this relationship? What, it is, it, what is it about a father that God explains himself? So as we look at these ten attributes of God our father, I want you to think of them as parenting tips from God. Isn't that cool? How, who better to teach us how to deal with our children, how to be, how to act, how to love, how to, how to operate than God our Father? The perfect example. He did it through his son Jesus. He's shown it throughout the ages. As if you read this book from start to finish, you can see God revealing himself as our Father. And I want you this morning to think this. This is parenting tips from God. And these attributes, they will help us understand this illustration. They will help you walk in the fullness of God. I don't care if you're a mother, if you're a child, if you are a grandparent, if you are a brother or a sister. I want you to know and understand your identity as a child of God. Because they will help you walk in the fullness of life and help you be all that God has called you to be when you understand and operate from this mindset of I am a child of God. That is so huge. It's so amazing that that's our identity. And us for dads is we can use these attributes of God our Father and know that as he deals with us in these ways, these are how we can deal with our children, with our families, our spiritual children. God is showing us how to live and saying this is what it's like. So let's put our hand over our hearts this morning. I know we already prayed, but I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me. Say, to your heavenly Father... Reveal to me your ways. Help me understand who I am in you. Help these attributes of yourself change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So first and foremost, I want to dive into number one. And this one to me should be number one. And it should be the, the, the most 
uh, easiest one for us to grip is that God is a loving father. That's number one. God is a loving father. As we look at this example, his example to us is one of love. See, our God, our father loves you. He loves you. And maybe some of us wrestle with that because our earthly father wasn't a loving father. He wasn't there. You've never known a loving father and what that's like. And I want to just challenge all of us this morning, whether your dad was great or your dad was terrible, I want to challenge you this morning to not let your earthly father define how you see your heavenly father. No, I want your heavenly father to define how you see your earthly father. Amen. You see, there's two ways of looking at it. You can say, well, I see this example on earth and that's going to help me understand who God is. No, God is saying, understand who I am and that will help you define who this is and his role in your life. Don't let your earthly father be the defining factor of how you know and operate with the heavenly father because he is perfect. He is perfect, amen? So that's how we want to look at it this morning. I want to read to you from Psalm 139, verse 13 through 18. This is one of my favorite psalms, and it's, it's God expressing his love for you and telling us who, he is, who we are and how much he loves us. It's an amazing. The psalmist writes this. It says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who we are. He says, your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Get this, church. This blows my mind. It says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You see, God created the world with you in mind. He knew who you would be, what you would do, what you would say, the choices you would make. They are written in his book before any of them even came to be. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. He goes on to say, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I'm awake, I am still with you. God loves us, man. God loves us so much. His thoughts for us outnumber the grains of sand. We live next to a, a huge beach. This beach, if you, in your mind, just think it, it stretches from the bottom of Michigan all the way to the top. Lake Michigan, huge beach. Imagine all the grains of sand. God's thoughts, good thoughts for you outnumber them. And this is just one beach. There's lots of other lakes in this state, lots of other beaches around the world. There's lots of sand in the deserts. Amen. And God's thoughts for you outnumber them all. God loves you. And, and let's walk in that this morning. Let's walk in that. Let's rest in the fact that God our Father loves us. And then when we go to him, we can say, Daddy, 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 Daddy. I'm a father. God, and he scoops us up and he loves on us. Isn't that a good word this morning? Praise God, yes. Praise God that he loves us. Okay? 
praise God that he embraces us. Romans 8, 39. Let's read it. And I, I'm going quick because I, I don't want to run out of time. It says, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is comforting. That brings us peace this morning. The fact that the God of the universe is our dad. Whew. Praise the Lord, and he loves you, and let's let that wash over us. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a child of God. Turn to your other neighbor, I am a child of God. That is your identity. Be full of that love. Be full of in, uh, in every relationship, let's reflect that love because that's who God is. That is who he is to us. That is what he's shown us about himself. Our God is a loving God. And if you're here, you're a grandparent, you're a spiritual father, reflect that love. 1 John 4, 16 says, and so we know and rely on the love of God that he has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Let's go ahead and let's just thank God for being a loving God, a loving father. God, we praise you and we give you praise this morning for being a loving father that you love us, God, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Let's go to number two. God is a forgiving father. God is a forgiving father. Thank God he is forgiving. Thank God he does not operate as most of the world does. There are our actions do not affect his love for us. Let me say that again. Our actions do not affect his love for us. God is a God who hates the sin but loves the sinner. He hates the sin but he loves you no matter what. And as a parent, we have to love our children regardless my kids need to know they don't have to earn my love through what they do. Know that I love them because they are mine. And this morning, God is telling you, I love you because you are mine. You cannot earn your way to my love. I freely give it to you because I love you and I pursue you. Some of us, we could call our kids today. Maybe you have a child who is not serving the Lord. Maybe you have a son or a daughter who is lost in doing things that you would not choose for them today. I am challenging you as God our Father loved us regardless. Call them on the phone today and say, guess what? I am proud of you. I love you. No matter what you do, no matter where you go, I am going to love you because you are my child. And that's how God, our Father, loves us. And it's the same way he loves you no matter what. Nothing you could do could make him love you more, and nothing you could do could make, you love him, or make him love you less. You with me this morning, church? When we make mistakes, if we go to God and we bring it before him, 1 John 1, 9 says this. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. God is our example. God is our example. And his example was forgiveness, okay? Somebody in here needs to know that, yeah, maybe you've made some mistakes, 
Maybe you have done wrong in the eyes of the Lord, but guess what? It is not too late for you, that you are not too far gone. The forgiveness is there for you because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that God loves you and he's pursuing you and he's waiting for you saying, come back, come back. I love you. I want you. I think about you all the time. God is a forgiving God. That brings us to number three. Why is he so forgiving? Is number three is because he is a patient father. God is a patient father. He knows you're going to mess up. He knows that, that you're not going to be perfect. He knew that when he created you. But thank God in his mercy that he does not lash out irrationally, that he does not deal with us impulsively, that his temper is not short. He does not have a short fuse. God is a patient God. Joel 2.13 says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate. What does it say? Slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. See, I love the story of the prodigal son. Why do I love it so much? Because it's a story of my life. I was a prodigal son. I was lost. I was doing my own thing. I was gone. Okay? And my dad is here this morning. He could attest to some of the bonehead things I've done in my life. But thank God when I go home, he welcomes me as a son. He is here. He loves me. It's the same way with our Heavenly Father. We were all that kid at one time in our life. We chose to walk away from God. We chose to live our life. We thought we knew better. We thought we knew what would bring us joy. We, we were distracted by the world, and we went out, and we did our own thing. But God is that patient father. When that son was trapped in his sin, when all of his resources were spent and utilized, when he was eating from the trough of a pig, he said, no, I'm going to go home to my father's house because the servants in there live better than this. And when he came home, he was thinking of his speech, Dad, I'm so sorry. Sorry, I really screwed up, but, but please forgive me. Let me work and live with the servants, and, and I will serve you, and, and at least I'll have food to eat. But what does a father do when he sees his son coming up over the horizon? He drops everything. He kills a fattened calf. He puts a ring on his finger. He throws a party, and he says, praise God, my son is here. He is found, and that is how God loves us. He is a patient and a loving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God for your patience. Thank you for your patience. Let's just thank God for his patience this morning. God, we praise you that you are patient with us, God. Lord, that you know we're going to mess up, that we're going to do wrong, but you love us anyway, and you clean us up, and you forgive us. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Number four, attribute of God our Father is he is a present father. He is a present father. I want you to know that you can't be a good dad if you're not there for your kids. If you're absent in their life, you are not a good father. We need to be there for our kids. I go to my kids' games. I cheer them on. I'm their biggest fan. Okay, I'm not going to be absent. I refuse to let my occupation or my schedule keep me from being there for my kids. I am there for them. 
you got to be present in their life. And God is our heavenly father, chose to reveal himself and says, I am with you always. He is always with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, he's saying, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord, your God, goes with you. He goes with you wherever you go, whether you know it or not. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. He is a present father. And as, as parents, we need to be there for our kids. Even when you don't feel him, even when you don't see him, even if you can't hear his voice and you're saying, God, where are you? Know that he is there for you, that he is moving on your behalf, that God has never abandoned his children, that he's right there through the good and through the bad, giving you the strength, the courage, the ability to walk through whatever comes your way. God is there. It's not based on feelings. Sometimes we're like, well, I don't feel him. I don't feel like God's with me. Guess what? He's there anyway. He's not bound by your feelings. He is constant. He is there. Praise God. I already said in Psalm 139 that your days were ordained in his book. And when you, when you wake, he's there. That means he sat next to you while you sleep. He don't sleep. God don't sleep. He was there while you're sleeping. And when you wake up, guess what? He's there with you when you get up. He's there, excited to start the day with you. He wants to be a part of your life. You see, God pursues you way more than you can imagine. And they, he wants to be a part of your day. He wants to be Lord of your life. He's there cheering for you. Someone needs to know that this morning. He's not hiding. He's not on vacation. He's not too busy for your life, that he's there, and he loves you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Let's praise God. God, thank you for being present in our life. Thank you for caring so much that, that even the most small, minute detail of my life, God, you care about and that you have thought through and that you are there with us. Praise you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Number five, God is a supporting father. God is a supporting father. He is there for you when you need him. He will hold you up when you feel weak. He's a pillar of strength in your life. He gives you confidence that you need. He's there for you. That's good news that God supports us. A lot of us think that God's just waiting for us to screw up. No. God is there cheering for you. God is there uh, to give you strength. He's saying, you can do it, child. I have given you the spirit. Uh, I, my daughter, she uh, is seven years old and still every night tries to get in our bed. I'm, I mean, it's just the truth. Uh, little Ariel, she's a little cutie. And uh, every night we're like, go back to bed, honey. Go back to bed. And, and we pray every night. And so uh, we printed out Second Timothy and we pasted it on her wall. And we read it every night as we say prayers over. We, we say it together uh, that, that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. Because God is supporting you and cheering you on. You can do it if you bring the Lord into it. Hallelujah. God is a supporting father, and I support my daughter. God also tells us in his word, he says, guess what? You're more than a conqueror. 
You are more than a conqueror. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Turn to your neighbor and say, God is for me. He is for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is for you, not against you. He is not out there to get you. He is for you. You can do it because God is there. Hallelujah. Number six is God is a strong father. God is strong. Our Heavenly Father is a strong and powerful. Nothing is too hard for him. How many of you know when you were a kid, you used to say things like, "My dad, you, you thought your daddy could do anything. You thought he was invincible. You would turn to the other kids and say, my dad's 6'5", he could take your dad. Right? We th- I tell my kids, bullets can't kill me, kids, but it's not true. They can. But with God, our Heavenly Father, that saying is true. Our dad could beat up your dad. You see, our God is strong. Our God is strong. Deuteronomy 3.24, it says, Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand for what God, get this, what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do. Only our God. Only our dad. Other religions can try. They can try to take the place of our God to do the things that he can to take a place in your life. But no, only our God. Our dad is the strongest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is a strong father. Nobody is more strong, more capable, more powerful than our heavenly God, our daddy God. He is the one who put the stars in the heavens. He created all things. Our God is strong. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I will take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we can rest in that. That God is strong when we are weak. That, you know what, yeah, maybe I can't do all these things. But guess what, my God can. My daddy, my father, he can do it. And I just got to go with him. We can do it together. Someone in here needs to know that God is able. There is nothing too big in your life or too hard that the father can't do. You know, God, the only limits God has is the limits he puts on, his, on himself. He said he ain't going to mess with your free will. <laughs> he said he won't do it. He can't sin. You know, those are his limits, and those are things he put and limited himself because he wanted to, because that's who he is. Nothing is too big. If you're facing a problem and you have turmoil in your life, Your world is upside down, and you're thinking, how am I going to get through this? God, I can't do it. And he's looking, he's saying, I know you can't. That's true. But guess what? I can. Guess what? I can. I am strong for you, my child. I will move mountains out of your way. See, when I speak, the world quakes. Demons flee from me. I am powerful. That's your father. That's your dad. 
praise you, God. Let's go ahead. Let's praise him for being a strong father. God, we thank you that you are strong and mighty, that you can do the impossible, that nothing is too hard from you. God, there is no immovable force in our life that can stop your mighty hand from working. God, that you wipe all that away because you are so strong. You can lift any weight. You're amazing, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, praise you this morning. Number seven, number seven is God is a protecting father. Isn't that so true, guys? With strength comes protection. With strength comes protection. Uh, Psalms 511 says, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your, your name may rejoice in you. As a father, you're the protector of your home. You know, my wife, she's a strong lady. I don't know if you know my wife. She's, she's a strong gal. And my wife works out three times a day probably. She is a fitness nut. She's always doing this. <laughs> you know, she is, she's planking. She's running. She's doing all this stuff. But guess what? I'm a donut-eating dad from way back. I don't do a lick of work. I, you know, I'm not working out. I don't pump iron. But guess what? I'm still way stronger than she'll ever be. And sometimes I like to pick her up and put her on the ceiling just so she knows I still got it. She said, put me down, put me down. All right, I put her down. Drives her crazy. But I think God chose to reveal himself as our father because he is strong and he is our protector. When something goes bump in the night, I'm not sending Deb out there to go check it out. No, I get up. I get out of bed. I'm out there flipping on lights. I got my baseball bat with my mean face. I'm creeping through the house. and I'm like, you dumb cat, go to sleep. I'm the one checking it out. I'm the protector of my home. And there's comfort in that for my wife. And today, we can find comfort in the fact that God, our Father, is our protector. He is our protector this morning. He is our protector all the time when we sleep. He is strong. He is strong. Praise God. And praise God that his protection is not limited to spiritual or to physical strength, that it goes into the, the spiritual realm because the Bible tells us that we're in a physical battle. It is strong and is cut as I look. It got no, it does nothing in the spiritual realm. Nothing. But God is a strong God. And so what better hands to be in than our Heavenly Father when we're spacing, facing spiritual things? Because physical strength comes to nothing. You can't count on it. God is strong spiritually. We have the name of Jesus, and his name gives us great victory, great power. It's not mine. I'd say, I'd say, devil, get out of here. He'd be like, Pete, I know all about you. You ain't got nothing. I ain't scared of you. But I'd say, in Jesus' name, devil, get out of my life. And guess what? He's got to go. He's got to go because there is protection for those who walk with the Lord. Amen. Amen. No, no safer place to be than in the arms of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let that encourage you this morning that there is a protective covering over your life when your dad is God. He's protecting. Ain't nothing happening to you. See, you can walk in these things, and they're going to give you encouragement. They're going to give you strength, and they will help you be bold. 
and to do great things. Number eight, God is a guiding father. He guides us. A good father teaches and instructs his children, doesn't he? He teaches them how to live, how to act, how to function, and how to live out their calling. I would be a terrible dad if I didn't teach my kids anything. My daughter, right, I've been, she's seven years old. I'm like, girl, it is time. You've got you to gotta get this bike riding thing done, okay? You need, to, you need to get it done. You're a little behind. we got to do this. So we worked with her, and uh, I'm pushing her on her bike, and I'm telling her, you know, okay, you got to keep your, your balance centered over the bar, and you got to pedal, and, you know, this is a hill, so it's hard to get started. Let's go over here. And uh, just the other day, you know, I'm pushing her, and I was like, honey, if you can, you can ride your bike all the way to pick and pack, I will buy you a for real. If you don't know what a for real is, it's ice cream goodness mixed in a cup. I mean, it's just what it is. You put it in there, you push a button, it goes up, and you get, a, you get a flurry. It's really good. That was all the motivation that little girl needed. You know what I'm saying? She's, I can do this, Dad! And she, she pedaled all the way there. And uh, I was like, you know, keep your balance. Stop. Use your brakes. Don't try to put your feet down. Like, you know, she got it. She got it. And so we're really excited. We're going to try and take a trip this summer. We're going to do some bike riding. And uh, so I taught her that. My son, I had to teach him how to swim. You know, I didn't just throw him in the water and say, figure it out, boy. No. I probably wouldn't be here. I'd be in jail. Okay? He, I had to teach him how to swim, and God wants to teach you how to swim. God will instruct you. He is a guiding father. He will show you the way to go. How many of you know when you need answers, when you need to know where to go, who better to get it from than the God who knows the beginning and the end and everything in between? I want to get my answers from him. That's where I want to get the direction for my life because he sees all the angles. He knows it all. Amen? That's where we need to get our direction from. And when he shows us the way to go, he also shows us the way not to go. You see, God disciplines us, and it hurts, it's uncomfortable, and we don't like it. And I hate to keep preaching about my daughter, but last night she didn't wash her hair. She wanted braids, and we said, no, you didn't wash your hair properly. It's all frizzy. She this is the best, worst day ever. <laughs> and so I went in there, and I said, honey, this is not the worst day ever. You are blessed, little girl. You have everything you could ever want or need. You are spoiled, and God is good to us all the time, isn't he? Yeah. You know, we had to teach her. She didn't like it, but we were saying, hey, guess what? I bet you next time, because she loves to have a little wavy hair in the morning. She takes her braids out and it's wavy and whatever. She loves that, but hey, we taught her, like, dude, wash your hair, and we'll do it. Like, you know, you'll think of that next time, won't you? And she will. I bet you she'll never do it again, just knowing my daughter. You know, God disciplines us, and it's uncomfortable. But guess what? It's for your good. It is because he wants you to know how to live, how to operate, how to be a child of God. It is not because he's a mean and an angry father. It's because he loves you. That's why he disciplines us. Praise God for his discipline. You know? Even if I don't like it, God, I'd rather uh, have some hardship and some difficulty, maybe some disappointment, but grow from that than to be ignorant my entire life, not knowing how to be, not knowing how to act. Because I know that his ways are good and they'll bring joy in my life. Praise God for that. Let's, uh, 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17. 
It says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You're equipped for every good work. He's not only a guiding father, but number nine, he's an equipping father. He's an equipping father. He's going to give you the tools you need to get the job done. You know, as I mentioned, we have his word. He gave us his word. This is instructional guide on how to live. This is a tool, something in your hands. Use your tools. God is saying, I have given this to you. Use it. He's given you ability. He's given us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit makes this come alive. It empowers you. His Holy Spirit anoints you for the job. There's an anointing that happens when you encounter the Holy Spirit, when you are walking in his ways, and he's saying, I'm giving you this resource. Listen to the Holy Spirit. We just have to have the faith that God's going to come through. We often don't launch out into our calling because we think we can't do it. And God's saying, and, and if, we didn't, if we weren't children of God, you're right. Maybe we couldn't do it. Maybe in the natural, in the physical realm, maybe you can't do it. But guess what? God has given you everything you need for the good work he has called you to do. Because we're not by ourselves. We have a God out there who equips us. Okay? He equips us. I want to talk to you for a minute about Ephesians 6, one of my favorite passages. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemed. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, and against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. That's a mouthful. I told you earlier that we are in a spiritual battle, that our, our struggles, our uh, problems are not with each other. They are spiritual. Verse 13 says, therefore, because you're in this spiritual fight, guess what? He says what he said in the beginning. Put on the full armor of God. Put it on. These are tools for you that I have equipped you with to fight this battle so you can be a conqueror, that more than a conqueror that I told you that you are. He says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the devil comes to tempt you, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in its place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. He says, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, okay, which is God's Word, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Some of us have flaming arrows in our chest wondering how this happened, and God is saying, use your shield of faith to put those suckers out. You've got the tools. You can do it. That is what God is saying to you. I have equipped you. Don't fight spiritual battles with physical weapons. Use your spiritual weapons that God gave you to get the victory. You can say, no, 
uh, stuff's coming at your life. Things are about to fall out. I'm going to lose my job, lose my house. I'm going to lose my car. I'm going to, all this stuff is going on. You could say, those are fiery darts, and they're coming your way. You can use the shield of faith and say, no, my God is with me. My God is always there. He is not going to leave me or forsake me. As long as I have air in my lungs and the love of Jesus in my heart, my family is going to be okay because my help comes from the Lord. You can put those things out. Use your shield of faith. Put on the helmet of salvation to help you keep your mind right. Praise Jesus. Don't have flaming arrows in your chest. Okay? Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, God has equipped me. Turn to your other neighbor. God has equipped me. All right, let's wrap up with this. Point number 10. Or attribute number 10. These are not points. These are attributes of God our Father. This is the last one. And this is a good one. It says, God is a faithful God and Father. He is faithful. You see, we can count on God to be all these things forever. Because he's trustworthy. He has proven it time in and time again. He is not one way one day and a different way another day. He is constant, and we can rest in the fact that he is a faithful God. And as fathers, we got to be faithful men, faithful men of God. Hebrews 13, 8 says this. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, and Christ is a reflection of the Father, and that's who our God is. He is the same today and yesterday, tomorrow, forever, for eternity. That's who he is. He is not wishy-washy. He is not undependable. God is a God you can trust. So put your trust in him. You know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Don't let doubt creep into your heart. If stuff doesn't add up in your life, know that God is there. He is faithful. He's not going to let you fall. Our God is a faithful God. His ways are good. And I'm going to run through these attributes for one last time. You can say, hey, he loves me. He has forgiven me. He is patient with me. He is present in my life. He is supporting me. He is strong. He is protecting me. He is guiding me. He has equipped me. My God is faithful. That's who our God is. He is a faithful God. Praise him. We praise you this morning, God, for being a faithful and a loving God, a perfect example of a father to us, Lord. And we, as your children, come and lay ourselves down at your feet and rest in that goodness and in that identity. Everything we do, we operate out of these things, God, that you are good and that you are our heavenly Father. And we sing songs about you being our Father. God, this is what we're saying, that you are an amazing, loving, equipping, miracle-working God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that there are people in this room who needed to hear that. I believe that there are people in this room, even today, that like the prodigal son, God has been calling you. God has been pursuing you, and it's time to come back. It's time to give him control. It's time to let him embrace you as his son, his daughter. I believe there are people in this room like that. Maybe you've sat here through this whole thing, and you're like, man, this all sounds good. But I've never thought of God as my father. 
Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ to, to get that adoption that's available through Jesus and what he did on the cross. Well, I want to extend an invitation to my family. So I'm going to ask that everybody bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in this room and you're one of those people I mentioned and you need to either come back to God or you want to say yes to God for the very first time, if you're like, I can't ever remember a time in my life where I said yes to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. I want you to put your hand in the air and say, that's me today. I need that. I want that. God, move in my life. That's you. Go ahead. Just put your hand up. Is there anyone at all in this room that wants to surrender their heart to Jesus today that can't wait any longer? Is there anyone in here? I'm just going to a couple more seconds, and then we're going we're gonna to close. I don't see any hands, and that's okay. That's okay, but I'm going to ask all the fathers to stand. And you can be a spiritual father. That means you can mentor young men. You can be a grandpa. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want to say a prayer for you. I want to bless you. I want to commission you. God is, God has so much love for you guys. We have so much that we can teach this church and the people in it and our kids Let me pray over you. God, help us as men, as fathers, and fathers-to-be to display your character. Help us to love like you loved us, to forgive like you forgived us. Help us to be patient, loving men. God, help us not to be quick to anger and explosive with our tempers, God. Help us to be patient. Lord, I pray that we can be present in our family's life. Help us, God, to be supporting for our kids. God, make us strong men, strong men of the Lord that we protect our families at all costs, that we'll do what's hard as, as we say, God, that you would guide us, Lord, and, and show us how to do these things. Lord, give us the ability, give us the, the, uh, just the want in our hearts, God. Help us to go, Lord, and help us to be faithful like you are faithful. Faithful in our walk with the Lord. Help us to be faithful in our marriages. Help us to be faithful with our resources. Help us to be faithful with our children. God, help us to be faithful men of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's praise God one last time before we go out and we enjoy our families. Praise the Lord. God is so good. God is so good. Now, for the rest of you, Lord, I pray you go all around them, behind them, before them, and in between. God, I pray that you bless them in their comings and in their goings and in their finances and in their marriages and in their uh, parenthood. God, I pray that your blessing, your hand of blessing be over each and every one of these households, be it a household of one or a household of 12. God, your hand would be on them. Your spirit be speaking to them. And I pray that the love of Christ be 
pouring out of their heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.